What passing bells for these who die as cattle? Only the monstrous anger of the guns, only the stuttering rifles' rapid rattle can patter out their hasty horizons. No mockeries now for them, no prayers, nor bells, nor any voice of mourning save the choirs, the shrill, demented choirs of wailing shells, and bugles calling for them from sad shires. What candles may be held to speed them all? Not in the hands of boys, but in their eyes shall shine the holy glimmers of goodbyes. The pallor of girls' brows shall be their pal, their flowers, the tenderness of patients' minds, and each slow dusk a drawing down of blinds. Well, the poem, of course, is Wilfred Owen's anthem for doomed youth, and we've learnt nothing in all the time that has passed by since the First World War, in which Wilfred Owen was a soldier. Owen died on the 4th of November, 1918, just a week before Armistice. And I feel a special connection in some ways. I don't know why, but uh, I took my examinations at the same school that he went to. So, there we are. So just a little thought on this Armistice Day, 2023. So a thought for everyone today who are still fighting in wars around the world. Pax Vorbiscum. Now those of you who work in supply chains will be very familiar with the logistics and operations that would be involved in military action, such as a great war. And of course, many of the service people were at the mercy of the logisticians to supply them with food, clothing, uniforms, ammunition, shells, weaponry, and everything else. And it's still the same today. Supply chains are humanitarian, they're military, and of course, they're essential for our civilian life. So let's take a minute for all the people in the world who've actually worked in supply chains, delivering service to all of us. Well, this week there's been plenty of news about things that can impact supply chains. And one of the things that really struck my mind as I was reading through the news items this week was, of course, the great deal of fuss that's made about artificial intelligence and the fear of artificial intelligence, which had become obvious in the past months. And one of those fears is artificial intelligence and its ability to be used by bad actors, so not for the greater good of humankind, but to do harm to people. And it struck me this week that Microsoft has ordered all its employees not to use ChatGPT. Now, I find that really strange. You've got one of the leading companies that is interested in developing artificial intelligence, and it's pushed out its software to the general public. But they say there are flaws in the software and it could possibly lead to security issues. So they've instructed their employees not to use ChatGPT. So make of that what you will. Now at the same time that this is going on at Microsoft, just across Silicon Valley, another company called Humane that's staffed by ex-Apple and Microsoft employees, it's a startup, has launched an AI pin. 
Now, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's the sort of pin that you wear in a lapel. And when we say it's an AI pin, this pin is so that the wearer can talk to chat GPT via the pin. So it can ask questions. Where am I today, chat GPT? I want to go to, can you give me directions? I suppose it's that sort of thing. And maybe something a little more sophisticated, like, where did I leave my credit card today? Where did I leave my wallet? Where's my phone right now? I don't know. I've got this person I'm looking at right now in front of me, chat GPT. Can you give me an opening phrase that would be suitable to greet this person and make a good impression? Thank you. This wearable pin also has a camera. And we're told by the makers of the pin that this pin can be used as a scanner. So, for example, if you're in a restaurant and you're having some food, you can scan the food in front of you and ask ChatGPT to look at the image and tell you how much nutritional value is in that food. Hmm. But the mind boggles. It's kind of we're giving over our individual thought processes to some inhuman, inanimate object. Now, if you're one of the people that would like to buy this pin, it will cost you just $699. So you might want to rush out and get hold of that, if you can't think for yourself. I'll be interested to see how successful or otherwise this pin is, because we have other mobile devices, which we could equally use if we're really keen on talking to chat GPT instead of other human beings, then we can certainly use another mobile device, and not necessarily a $699 pin. Brent crude is at around $80 this week, and West Texas oil about $76. While we're on oil this week, we can look at the demand in China. Apparently it's falling for oil, and they've asked Saudi Arabia not to supply as much oil in December as they have been supplying. And that's because of falling output in China. Higher interest rates and inflation are taking their toll on the UK economy. And the problem with the UK economy is the lack of growth. And politicians and the Bank of England, along with others, are finding it difficult to balance stimulating growth in the economy whilst controlling inflation. And inflation is seen as the major problem. And it is, of course, it will eat away at the value of money over time. But by the same token, the real underlying issue of growth is a problem for all in the United Kingdom in future. Productivity and growth have been the perennial challenge for chancellors of the Exchequer in the United Kingdom and will probably remain so through to the next general election and beyond. The UK economy didn't grow between July and September, and the succession of interest rate rises has curtailed any prospect of growth. The Chancellor of the Exchequer has said higher interest rates were hitting growth, but he expects the economy to perform better than it did last year. Forecasters have said that the future looks rather stagnant, and it's likely to be several months before there's any upturn in growth. And last week, the Bank of England said it was likely that the UK would see zero growth until 2025. But it does expect the UK economy to avoid recession. Interest rates are currently at a 15-year high at 5.25% from the central bank. 
Chain Reaction. Well, next week, we have another interesting episode popping your way, and you might want to stop by and pick that up. And that's following up on the advertising program that you listened to last week, where we talked about the evolution of advertising. This one is about third-party cookies and how that's going to affect everybody who has a website and does marketing over the internet. And so if your business is one of those, and I'm sure it probably is, you won't want to miss that. So drop by and have a listen. Chain Reaction. Now Booth's is a supermarket chain that you may or may not have heard of. If you're in Lancashire in the United Kingdom, you'll certainly know Booth's. If you're anywhere else, you probably don't know who Booth's are. But the supermarket chain announced this week they have 28 stores, by the way, and they trade in northern England, mainly in Lancashire and surrounding areas. And with the exception of Keswick and Windermere in Cumbria, there are 16 stores in Lancashire, as well as outlets in Yorkshire and Cheshire, is returning to checkouts with people. And so they'll no longer have self-checkouts. And they say that they believe that customers will get better customer service and the better experience from the store by this move back to having staff at the checkout. The managing director of Booth's, Nigel Murray, said, Our customers have told us over time that the self-scan machines that we've got in our stores can be slow, unreliable, and uh, impersonal. So they're going back to people at the checkout. Well, good for them. It's nice to see service return. Now, the Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, in the United Kingdom said the prices at the petrol pumps had risen by 13.9 pence per litre since the end of May, partly due to wholesale costs. More recently, of course, the costs have actually fallen, but the retail price for petrol and diesel has not. Sarah Cardle, who's the head of the CMA, said it was cause for concern that competition isn't working as it should be, and the findings are contained in the watchdog report on fuel prices following investigation into competition in the market. The CMA found that petrol prices had increased from 142.9 pence per litre at the end of May to 154 pence per litre at the end of October. That's up 11.1 pence. And for diesel, from 147.9 pence per litre to 161.8 pence per litre over the same period, an increase of 13.9 pence. And during that same period, of course, the price of oil has actually come down. So is this just a case of uh, good old profiteering? Well, it looks that way, doesn't it? Let's make some money while we can. In the United States, of course, higher fuel costs are driving US inflation. And of course, they will be in the United Kingdom too. So it's definitely cause for concern. Now, I don't know about you, but I was looking at my diary this week. I was making a few entries and just happened to glance and I thought, yeah, here we are. We're in the second week of November and that's just six weeks away from Christmas Day. Well, time flies, doesn't it? Tempers fugit. Anyway, it struck me, it's time for me to think about books. Because when it comes to Christmas, the one thing I like to do on those dark winter days is to sit down with a good book and have a read. And I've probably been doing that this Christmas too. And there are some good books around. And so, in the next couple of weeks, one of the things I'm going to do is a special book edition to help you think about the sort of books that you might want to read And I'll include a range of books, both business and other books, that you might just want to think about, either for presents for other people, or to read yourself. Self-gifting books. 
Apparently, AI, artificial intelligence, is the word of the year, according to the Collins English Dictionary. I would have thought it might have been chat GPT, not just AI, but there we are. Perhaps some other innovative dictionary publisher might have a separate entry for chat GPT. Hello, chat GPT. I've just driven through a red light. Do you think you could eradicate my car number plate of every light within a three-mile radius? Thank you. Please confirm when done. Amazon staff in the United Kingdom plan to walk out amid a pay row. Members of the GMB union in Coventry will walk out for three days and again on the 24th of November, Black Friday, one of the biggest shopping days in the year. About a thousand workers will be on strike and they're critical of the pay offer they've been made, which is worth about a pound an hour. Black Friday is expected to be hit elsewhere in the world by strike action, with workers taking industrial action in Europe and the United States. So one of the world's most powerful corporations, Amazon, and indeed one of the most successful, said, we offer competitive pay, comprehensive benefits, opportunities for career growth, all while working in a safe, modern work environment. Minimum starting pay is between £11.80 and £12.50 an hour in the UK, depending on location and whether you're full-time or part-time. And starting pay will increase to £12.30 to £13.00 an hour in 2024. Now there was an interesting panorama program by the BBC this week taking a look at Boohoo once again and the pledges that they've made on fur manufacturing. Apparently they've broken a number of promises that they made and allegedly been pressurising suppliers to drive prices down. Undercover reporters working for the BBC found employees pressuring suppliers to reduce prices long after the deals had been agreed. And it comes after the company had faced ethical issues and a supply chain scandal in its Leicester suppliers a couple of years back. So it looks like nothing's changed, according to this report. And it's a cause for concern when they just take no notice of the rules and the legislation that's there to help modern slavery and fair practices. Perhaps it's time for consumers to vote with their feet. If you want to be ethical and you want to be sustainable, make sure you buy your clothes from a sustainable supplier. Now, I did take a look at this Panorama program and it also showed one of the Leicester garment manufacturers telling people who worked for them that they couldn't go home until the work was completed. The hours of work, they start about 8 o'clock in the morning and they were due to finish about 6pm, but they were told they couldn't go home until midnight if that's how long it took. Not acceptable, really, is it? Goes back to the worst practices of industrial Britain in the 17th, 18th century. We are in the 21st century, aren't we? Sometimes you wouldn't think so. Now, here's a little aside I just wanted you to be aware of as we approach the holiday season in a few weeks' time, and you might want to get ready and be prepared. If you want a healthy heart which can add, of course, time to how long you live, you could live longer, then eat better, fruit and vegetables, be more active, two and a half hours is moderate, 75 minutes of vigorous physical activity is, of course, better, don't smoke, quit tobacco, and quit the vapes as well, because uh, the jury's out on whether they're healthy, 
get healthy sleep, 7 to 9 hours a night. Children, of course, require more, 10 to 16. Manage your weight, check your body mass index, control cholesterol. High levels of bad cholesterol can lead to heart disease. Manage blood sugar, or you can damage your heart and your kidneys. Manage blood pressure, keep your blood pressure under control. And if you haven't checked it, I'd advise you to check it just to make sure that everything's okay in your body. Well, I don't want to worry anybody or alert them to things they already know, but uh, just thought you might like a reminder. So stay healthy so you can come back and listen to the Chain Reaction podcast. Thousands of jobs are at risk in Scunthorpe, as the blast furnaces, which are driven by coal, are about to be axed. The Chinese-owned business want to replace them with two electric arc furnaces, EAF, one at Scunthorpe and one at Teesside. And if approved, it will see steelmaking return to Teesside for the first time since the Red Car Steelworks closed in 2015. British Steel said it aimed to transform the firm into a green and sustainable company and had to look at different ways to do that. The union fears it will lead to the loss of between 1,500 and 2,000 jobs predominantly at Scunthorpe, and the Department of Business and Trade says that the proposals are to make a greener, more sustainable UK steel industry. The industry, of course, faces pressure from rising energy costs and competition from cheap steel made in China and elsewhere. A lot of subsidies have gone into steel over the years, but none of them have been sufficient to keep the steel industry on a steady footing. But steel, of course, is a vital industry, and it's one of those industries that does require some protection because countries do need the ability to make products, particularly for defence, made of steel. The switch to electric arc furnaces, of course, makes the case less strong to reopen the Cumbrian coal mine because that fossil fuel will not be needed to make steel. Not in the UK, at least. Tata Steel runs the Port Talbot Steelworks in South Wales and they've already committed to switch to arc furnaces, so they won't be using coal to drive their blast furnace either. This is one of the big changes in steelmaking, to attempt to decarbonise what was, and still is, a very carbon-intensive business, but a very necessary business for the modern world, despite its industrial heritage as a carbon polluter. Forbes published its wealth index, and one thing in the Wealth Index that caught my eye was that uh, Amancio Ortega, the founder of the Index Fashion Group, which owns Zara, is Spain's wealthiest person, accumulating assets to the value of 81.8 billion euros. That's about 70.8 billion pounds, or around 82-83 billion US dollars. And that's 53% more than he had last year. So there's a lot of money in fast fashion. Tesla said it's boosting factory worker pay in Germany. Despite aggressive unionization, Elon Musk, the chief executive, is trying to remove the threat of aggressive unionization, both in Germany and the US, by putting the wages up. Musk has also visited the Berlin Gigafactory and said the plant will build its new vehicle. So, sweeteners on the table to remove the threat of unionization. Will it wash? Will the Germans fall for that? Well, we have to wait and see. The post office in the UK has added new parcel delivery options to its portfolio. It's offering customers the option of sending packages using DPD and Every. 
by buying parcel postage in its post office branches. This is the first time in the Royal Mail 360-year history that customers will be able to choose other parcel carriers over the courier in branch, and the new service is expected to begin ahead of Christmas. Now, it's interesting, the post office has had a long-running dispute with Postman on the delivery of mail services, and it always said it wouldn't do anything with its parcel business apart from keep running it because it was so profitable. So this is a change of strategy for the post office. We'll have to see how it turns out. Card spending by consumers grew only 2.6% year-on-year to October, and that's because of the rising energy bills and costs of food and other products as we head towards Christmas. Well, I was reminded this week when I was checking some diary entries to look back to various meetings. I'm going to a business fair next week and I wanted to look back and see when I last went. And I went to this event back in 2019 and that was just before COVID hit. And so here we are, it's nearly four years on and I'm about to attend this business event again face to face. So really looking forward to that. Anyway, I see also there was a report out from McKinsey this week talking about four years on from the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, where risk and resilience still dominate the supply chain agenda. And they've got an annual survey of supply chain leaders. They say it reveals a profound revolution in the way those supply chains are now operated, with a dramatic increase in the adoption of advanced techniques for supply chain planning, execution and risk management. And it confirms, in many respects, what I've been writing about supply chains in the new edition of my book, which is out next year, Supply Chain Strategies, published by Routledge. Managing a complex global supply chain is no easier, they say. 44% reported major challenges arising from their supply chain footprint, and it required them to make changes as the year went on. 49% said supply chain disruptions had caused major planning challenges, and then they talk about the shape of things to come. So you can read that report, you can pick that one up from McKinsey, and I'll put a link in the episode notes. The report is by Nutalik, Tracy Foster, Katerina Hark, and Vera Tratwain. And it was published on the 3rd of November. It's called Tech and Regionalization Bolster Supply Chains, but Complacency Looms. Well, just before I go, I want to give one moment and just reflect on Armistice Day once more. I'll be off to the Cenotaph, as usual, and I can afford some time, because those people gave up a lot of time for me to be here today. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. I hope you found out something, you've learned something new, or at least you're keeping yourself up to date with all the things that are going on, which impact global supply chains. I'm Tony Hines, I'm signing off, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. 
Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains, and we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon, all things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.